Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato with Mary Gamba. Mary, you look great today. Thank you, Steve. So do you. I was just fishing for a compliment there. I thought she'd give it back. Hey, Mary, tell everyone who our sponsors are. Yeah, definitely happy to do so. Uh, we just have such great partners. We have Valley Bank, Prager Metis, Veolia, Seton Hall University, and the Bassino Leadership Institute, the NJ Sharing Network, uh, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825. We'll be joined by Greg Lalavi a little bit later in this in this show. Uh, and we also have the North Ward Center. And I'm going to look at my cheat sheet, uh, Delta Dental of New Jersey, as well as Fedway. So those thank you so much to our great partners. And also, we have a lot of great media partners as well. Steve, did you want to share some of those? By the way, you clearly we spent a lot of time on raising money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Commerce Magazine, our partners at the Commerce and Industry Association. Thank you, Tony Russo. Uh, New Jersey Business Magazine, NJBIA, Michelle Sakurka, and the great team there. And also our newest media partner, Meadowlands Chamber, Jim Kirkus, and their magazine, Meadowlands Magazine. Hey, Mary, speaking of great partners, let's kick off lessons in leadership with our longtime friend, uh, trustee, board member of ours at the Caucus Educational Corporation, Marjorie Perry, president and CEO of MZM Construction and Management. Marjorie, how are we doing today? Good morning. Good morning to you, Steve, and to Mary. It's always a pleasure to be with you both. Well, Marjorie, I got to start out with you on this one. You and I have known each other, I'm going to say 20 plus years, even though I know it's closer to 30. Yeah. Um, I like mm -hmm. to cut it off a little bit. You know, <clears throat> I don't want people looking on Wikipedia. Uh, wow, Steve's that old? So how about this one, Marjorie? I said this in another show, I'm gonna say this with you. Why do I still have this around my desk and why do you keep hustling even though you've been successful for a long time? Why are we still hustling? It's, uh, you know what, Steve, I'm gonna answer it this way. We're not hustling, we're just very committed to our mission. And our mission is to inform, to transform and to elevate people with knowledge, information and education. That's why we're still doing what we're doing. And uh, until you can't do it anymore, what else are we going to do? Because that's our <laughs> mission and that's our purpose. So that's what we do. <laughs> I love that. But Marjorie, you, but, but, but you have not just simply been a very simply been a very successful business person, a leader in the field of construction, construction management in a field that's dominated by men, dominated mm -hmm. by white men mm -hmm. for a long time. But your connection to NJIT, our partners at the New Jersey Institute of Technology, Mary, she's not going to say this, but I'm going to say this. At NJIT, the Wellness and Events Center at NJIT just dedicated the Marjorie A. Perry Theater in honor of that young lady right there. Marjorie, what was that like for you? First, congratulations. Second, tell us what it was like. You know, it is. it was always a passion of mine. And Steve, as you know, I'm Newark, New Jersey girl. We didn't grow up with very much. Um, uh, and one of the things that my father was always big on, he was from Nutley, New Jersey, by the way, is education. And he says, listen, we may not have a lot of money, but education can always ensure a good life. Hmm. And uh, as a result of that, I've been passionate about getting my own education over the years, as you know. Uh, and then finally, when I decided that, hey, I don't think I know enough about the numbers, I need to go back and work on my civil engineer degree, and I need to go back and work on my MBA, you know, there were lots of choices to go to. Uh, and NJIT approached me and said, well, listen, you could do both here. 
you know, because I really wanted to be not only in the space, but understand the space and control my own narrative with uh, my colleagues and my clients that I was working with, as you know, you know, being black and brown in the construction space, you really have to be on your A game and sometimes your triple A game uh, in order to sit in the room or at the table. So NJIT, I selected. And uh, as a result of doing my MBA there, as a result of working on my civil engineer there, it has made me able to stay in business for 30 plus years. And um, I always said my struggle while I was there was that I didn't know if I had enough money per semester to finish. I just didn't know where the money was going to come from. And I said, you know what, what I'm going to do is set up a scholarship fund for any student that's maintaining at least a 3.0. I don't want them to worry about finishing their degree because the degree is essential for their future. So that's how that came about. Uh, I was very excited about it. The event was just tremendous. Um, and to know that I'm helping thousands of students with me here and afterward as part of my legacy for their continuing education and I have to struggle and look for funds. You know, Marjorie, there's so much in what you just said, but one of the things I want to follow up on is leadership and our legacy. Talk about it. Well, it took a long time. You know, I remember um, 20 years ago, I, I didn't even know how to lead as effectively as I probably am today. Um, because I thought more like a manager. And I realized once I became... Define the difference for us, leadership and management. We've had this discussion for 20 plus years, Mary and I. Management and leadership. Not management is executing and doing everything yourself. You know, it doesn't know how to build a consensus with a group of individuals to move the momentum of what your purpose is forward. Leadership is being able to choose good people to do the work that's necessary to be effective and to have long-term growth. Because once you hit that bell curve and you're still in the management style, you're going to fall off the cliff eventually. As a leader, there's always new information coming in. Is it time to adapt? Is it time to change? And you trust the staff that you have brought in to hear what they have to say in order for you to continue to evolve. That's the difference. And it took a long time to, to make that turn. You know, how do I be stay in the leadership mode? Did I hear what was really being said? Did I become a deep listener? Did I really comprehend what was said? Am I able to take feedback and not be personal about it's all me and not you? Uh, that's the difference between leadership and management to me. And that's how I've been able to sustain for 30 plus years. That's some deep stuff from Marjorie Perry. Good stuff. Mary, go ahead. <laughs> so deep. Marjorie, I want to switch gears just a little bit. Uh, we touched on this at the beginning of the segment. Women in leadership, in particular, young women, young women of color, watching right now, parents who maybe have a seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year-old, what message do you have to those parents, to those children in terms of reaching for your dreams and just overcoming any obstacles and just knowing that you can lead, you can be and do whatever you want to be? You know, <clears throat> and hopefully this is not taken out of context. Parents have got to let their children fail a little bit while they're growing up. They have to say, no, that's not correct, and be okay with a little bit of constructive criticism. Not meanness, but constructive criticism. I find today our young people, the parents will take the load if it looks like it might hurt their feelings. So if you really want them to flourish and to prosper down the road, um, Steve will tell you, I can tell you, many other people can tell you, we're going to bump our heads against the wall. 
And if you don't have the arsenal, the mental arsenal within to know how to get out of that hole mm. so that you can keep going, mm. then you won't be as successful as you would hope to. And they become a little bit more dependent on you for a way longer time than I think is necessary. That's what I would share. Hold on one second, Marjorie. You just, Mary, Marjorie, I'm going to put this out there. And Elvin, you're in this too. <laughs> Frank, we talk about a great team. Scarlett behind the camera, April doing makeup. Everyone right now, my favorite four-letter word starts with a G, ends with a T. That is everything that Marjorie Perry just talked about. Starts with a G, ends with a T. Marjorie, you know what it is? No. <laughs> well, at first I was going to say goat because I know you believe you're the greatest of all time, but now I realize you're talking about grit. And you know what? You know what? I should have gotten that. Yes. It's the grit. Marjorie, Grit. Look in the dictionary. Dictionary. Look anywhere you want under grit, and then you see a picture of Marjorie Perry. You are grit. Go ahead. I yes, and and you know what, Steve? Uh, there is an excellent book that's out about grit, and it really it talks about. We, we did check out our feature on grit. There's also a chapter in my new book. I hate to plug the new book. No, no, no. I read that already. I already read that about grit. And at the end of the day, without grit, there is no major growth. There is just sustaining or surviving. If you have grit, you can excel and really be on purpose mission because I promise you in this life, you will hit a wall. And it's the grit that climbs out. It's not a PhD. It's not an MBA. It's not a civil engineer degree. It is just something in you to say, today is not the day that I go down. Today, I have to rethink this, reevaluate it, change it, get some sound advice and move it forward. So that's what grit is to me. Last question on my end, Marjorie. Yes. Curious about this. Passion. You mentioned it in passing before, mm -hmm. but leadership and passion, they have to go hand in hand. Great leadership and intense passion. Give me a minute on that. Well, I'm going to give you the older version. Passion sometimes can get in the way of letting go. So you have to be very clear on when you want to start easing that passion down and passing the mantle over to others. Passion to see success never dies or never goes away. If there is breath in you, you should be able to get up and be passionate about something outside of just money and material things. The passion has to be about service leader mentality. Who are you giving back to? Because that's really what keeps you going. How am I serving? Maybe my employees, maybe philanthropic, maybe education. So those are my uh, senses on that question. And uh, that's how I lead passion and leadership. You know what, Marjorie, I've said this to you before, I'm going to say it again. Not only um, want to acknowledge again the Marjorie A. Perry Theater at NJIT, the Wellness and Events Center at NJIT, um, a longtime partner of ours, one of our trustees. Um, when you choose to, Marjorie, you should have your own podcast on leadership and success in business because you carry the ball every time you're with us and make our job easy and we learn something new. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you both for having me. Thank you, Alvin. <laughs> Alvin, you're not even going to come on camera and say you're welcome? <laughs> I'm sorry. There Thank you, Marjorie. <laughs> I just want to, to see him come on camera. <laughs> uh, thank you, Marjorie. You're the best. Thank you. We'll be right back after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Pregramatis, Valley Bank, 
the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, Resourcing the World, Choose New Jersey, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Chamber, celebrating 50 years of building connections and driving business growth. Valley's all about making life easier for clients, and that's why we're all about smiles, too. So every day, we make it possible for home buyers to become homeowners, for folks chasing their dreams to become entrepreneurs, for parents to plan today for their children's tomorrow, and for communities to get better every day. You see, when we know we've put a smile on a customer's face, well, that puts one on ours, too. by popular demand. That's right, I'm reading with my glasses because Greg Lolovy has glasses. He's hiding them. Mary has them and she's acting like they don't exist. But trust me, we're all using cheaters. Speaking of someone who never cheats, Greg Lolovy, business manager, general vice president, International Union of Operating Engineers, local 825. Good to see you, my friend. It's good to be here, Steve. Thanks for having me. I went back, Mary, and look, this is the fifth or sixth time we've had Greg on Lessons in Leadership. We always learn something new, right? Oh, yeah. No, and I'm really excited for today's topic. I'm not going to show my hand, but I'm excited to see where this is going. Mary, put your glasses on so people can see what you look like with the glasses. Well, this is good. I wonder why I'm going to put them on, That's because good. A, I think I look better with them nowadays, because as I get older, I get bags under nice. my eyes. So with the glasses on, you cannot see the bags. And I feel like they're more of an accessory nowadays. So, But right, I, I think if I do this, you could see the ring light and no, all the other great. lights. Greg, do us a favor. You had <laughs> the things that are hanging around your neck. Yep. I, I took them off, so they're not standing there, but we'll we'll go from here to here. So that is great. Right, take, take them off because your wife will give you heat about that because she doesn't like <laughs> sure you <will>. hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> Trisha, watch, she looks at those things. Hey, Greg, listen, you uh, we should disclose that uh, we're longtime partners with Greg and Local 825. We do a leadership academy. Uh, this has been three or four years we've done this. And also, Greg's been a longtime supporter of our public broadcasting and lessons in leadership. But Greg, you said something in the last leadership seminar we did at 825. You threw an acronym at me that I, I thought I knew everything about leadership, which is a joke. It's VUCA, V-U-C-A, volatile, uncertain. Mary, let's put a graphic up in post-production. Of course, definitely. VUCA, V-U-C-A, volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous. What the heck is this? And what does it have to do with leadership? It, it has everything to do with leadership, strategy, uh, developing your people. So many of the topics that you touch on uh, through, through this lessons in leadership program with several leaders. But volatility, very simple. It's change, the propensity for change, the speed of change. It, it could be anything. Um, uncertainty is just the probability of something that might happen. You can fire up your favorite weather app in the morning, look at what's the percentage chance of rain today, and that's going to be a decision on whether or not you carry an umbrella with you. Um, if you don't, you get wet because it was a 15% chance of rain. 
nobody told you there wasn't any chance. Right. Uh, complex is a simple, when, when somebody makes a decision, uh, you topple a domino, how many dominoes topple behind it? How many different directions does that go in? What, what factors into those decisions? And ambiguous, very often in our leadership academy, uh, you implore the students to deal with message sent equaling message received. And that's just it. Lang language is ambiguous on its surface. So are we talking about the same thing? And, and organizationally, how do you deal with those four things? How do you prepare your people? How do you strategize to live in a world that is those very four things? Wow, a lot going on there. Greg, the VUCA acronym comes from where? Is it, you talk, I think, you, is it Warren Bennis who came up with this, the great management guru? <clears throat> Honestly, don't know. I actually read it in a curriculum developed by General George Casey, uh, who was the allied commander in Iraq from 2004 to 2007 before President Bush made him chief of staff of the U.S. Army, uh, where he served in that position for the next four years. You know, I'm realizing, and Mary did some research on this, uh, coined in 1987, Mary VUCA mm -hmm. from yeah. leadership uh, gurus, Warren Bennis and uh, also Bert Nannis. And as, as Greg's talking about this, the U.S. Army War College introduced VUCA, VUCA, to describe more volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous, multilateral world proceed resulting in the end of the Cold War. This is, but Greg, that's military leadership. Are you saying ain't much difference between uh, that and our world? Uh, there's no difference. And, and while you know, General Casey lays his curriculum out in very military terms and circumstances, uh, you can apply it to any, for uncertain, I use the circumstances, is it going to rain today? Um, it can be very simple. It can be very complex. And not to mention how COVID, as we do this program three years into this pandemic, talk about uncertain and volatile. Mary, jump in. Yeah, I would love to go right to the A in the VUCA acronym, talking about ambiguous. And how do you get people on your team? You referred to the Leadership Academy, but what I found is so challenging, especially for the 20 and 30-some, 30-year-olds, 30 getting them to be more specific, precise, concise, not only in how they communicate, but in writing, with deadlines. How do you truly get a culture where things are not left very open-ended? It's up to leadership to develop a clear vision of where they want to be. So one of the things that I say here is we're a union of heavy equipment operators. And I've told my people, and I say it over and over, I want to be the sole source of heavy equipment operators for those people who would employ heavy equipment operators. And we hang that around our training, uh, our recruitment, everything we do is about making sure that the best of the best uh, who operate heavy equipment who do the things that our members do uh, work through our hiring hall so that people realize that if you want to get a skilled heavy equipment operator, we're one phone call away. And that's what I want this organization to be mm -hmm. and to be known as. But but at the same time, Local 825, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, talk about pivoting, talk about adapting, talk about hustling. And am I, again, I'm sorry for keep pulling us out every day I'm hustling. Greg is as well. Um, Greg, you, this isn't just some management or leadership theory for you, VUCA. You, you live it every day. And to that end, in the Leadership Academy, we have, together with Greg, because Greg participates very actively in the Academy. He's there. 
and offers his input and feedback, and he's a co-facilitator. There's a question here, trust me. We often have the participants in the Leadership Academy, how do I wanna say this, Mary? We put them in uncomfortable mm -hmm. positions where they have to present an idea to improve things at A25. And Greg, uh, one of my favorites, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. I know you believe that as well. Why the heck are we making people uncomfortable in the Leadership Academy? And what does that have to do with leadership? It has everything to do with leadership. It's living in such an uncertain world, uh, whether it's COVID. For operating engineers, it's technology on the equipment. Uh, everybody's got their disruptors in life. It's about making your leaders thinkers, strategic thinkers, making sure that you develop an agility inside the organization so that you can handle change when it comes. It's, it's not so much about planning as it is about strategizing. Mary, I'm listening to Greg. Devil's advocate question plays in my mind. Why do we keep putting a, Mary, we're talking to an outside firm to put a strategic plan together for the Caucus Educational Corporation, our not-for-profit sister organization. And sometimes I do think seriously, a strategic plan. I think God is laughing while we're doing that. I mean, Mary, how the heck can we do that with so much uncertainty, volatility, and change around us? As you listen to Greg, is a strategic plan useful these days, Mary? It is. You need to at least have a roadmap, even though it may not be perfect, even though there may be detours on the way, you know, along that roadmap. At least if you have a general idea of the direction that the organization is going in, it does three things. Number one, it gives you peace of mind, but most importantly, it gives the people on your team peace of mind that they all are rowing in that same direction. And then literally the third part of that is when, you know, something, the proverbial, you know, what hits the fan, then at oh. least, you know, <laughs> what are you laughing at? Because Greg knows I'm where I'm going as soon as you said that. Oh, I know. Leaky bags. I'm this new book that's named after Greg Lowry. I'm feeling the leaky bags. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll throw those leaky bags over to you in a second. But yes, when those things go wrong, you'll at least have some sense of where you want to be. So even though the route may have changed to get there, the goal will remain the same. So I'll throw it back to you with the leaky bags. But, but Greg, add, add to what Mary's saying, but at the same time, there is a chapter in Lessons in Leadership 2.0 colon, the tough stuff, which is a, a follow-up to the book Lessons in Leadership. It'll be coming out sometime this summer in 2023. There's a chapter really dedicated to Greg because Greg came up with the, the phrase, I don't know which seminar we were doing, but he said, listen, we need to stop dumping, quote, leaky bags of SH and figure out the rest. Greg, A, comment on that. B, go back to the strategic plan. Throw it out the window, use it, what? Do leaky bags first. Remind everyone what that is. Sure. It's it's somebody walking into a leader's office or near their desk and saying, here's a problem and we, uh, nasty word, should fix it. <laughs> well, the, the question becomes how? Um, or do you have an idea on how to fix it? Do you have a plan? Do you know what the organization needs to do? Do you need my help as the leader? Do you need money? Do you need other people in the organization? What, what fixes this problem? Uh, to, to know there's a problem is great. Uh, to start to develop the roadmap on how to fix it uh, or deal with it is something a heck of a lot better. So I'm trying to develop our people to think that way, to, to start to think about answers. And to, to Mary's point about strategic planning, sure, the, the plan has to be there. And because it is all about 
having an overall strategy of how you want to accomplish your goals, I think it's just necessary to understand that that strategic plan isn't necessarily chiseled in granite uh, because if you can't change and adapt, um, you're never going to really accomplish your goals. So you have your vision, you mm -hmm. have your goal, you have your strategy, but that doesn't mean um, it's, it's all about agility. I think agility is probably the, the largest um, component that any organization can try to get into their people is having an agile leadership team uh, who's able to change. Last, last issue I want to raise with Greg, um, and has something to do with what he actually said that he actually said in our last leadership seminar at A25, but uh, around the word should. I'm going to come back to that in a second, Greg. And I know you're laughing because you remember what it was. Uh, but Greg, Mary said something about the strategic plan at least gives people on your team a sense of, you know, security. And, and I hear that, Mary, and I understand it intellectually, but there's a part of me that thinks it's false. And here's what I mean. Greg, how, how the heck are we supposed to communicate a sense of security? Yeah, we'll be good when we're going to do everything possible to not just survive, but thrive. But we don't know if we're going to be good. And we're supposed to be telling our people, don't worry. We got this. Seriously? Isn't that false confidence on some level, Greg? Well, I think you have to give your people direction and, and again, a strategy, but it's incumbent upon leadership in any organization to continue to sharpen the, the saw, to, to look forward. One of, one of the exercises in General Casey's curriculum was to look inside your organization and identify your three strengths and your three weaknesses, and then look externally and do the same thing. But that, that requires that exercise to be done periodically because those things all change. So it's, it's just a matter of continuing to refine and move forward and, and not be afraid to change your strategic plan. The military uses plan A because there's letters B through Z. So you have to be able to change it. Yeah, my point there, Mayor, is yes, we want our people to feel safe and comfortable, but we can't guarantee the outcome. But real quick, Greg, do, do give got a minute left. You said we were talking, I forget we were talking about it at the 825 Leadership Academy, but I said, someone said, so-and-so should do something, and you jumped in and said, should, go ahead. Well, I said, should, should go on itself. Um, it's the vanity <laughs> of the shoulds. To, it's a horrible word. Uh, it's it's in my mind used by people who don't want to get involved and don't want to confront the problem. Hey, you know what we should do? No, we shouldn't. You know, we should actually work and do um, not talk about what we should do. Develop a plan. Come up with a strategy. Identify the problem. Identify the solution. Not, hey, this is a problem. We should fix it. Um, that's great. But uh, walk in and say, hey, this is a problem. Here's my plan. Here's what we need. Here's what it's going to cost. Here's the people I think I need to help me with it. Uh, what's the best way out for the organization? So um, I, I'm not a big believer in the word should. You learned that a few weeks ago. Yeah. By the way, Mary, you've got a minute left. Uh, we also should credit Greg with bringing this book to us, Extreme Ownership. Uh, talk about a mili military leadership and its connection back to everyday leadership in any other field. Greg introduces this book. Mary, give me 30 seconds. Should. You should do that. You should. But Greg says, no. what a ridiculous go. Ahead. go. Yeah, go, it's, it's the woulda, shoulda, couldas. Uh, get those out of your vocabulary. It should be, I can do this. I will do this. And I agree. It's wishy-washy language. And we should definitely, it goes back to the A, the ambiguous. That is very ambiguous, that word. 
And you should be very, if, if you say it and you put intention into your words and the language you use, then the results will come. And the other thing about extreme ownership that Greg has taught me over the years and this book reinforces, which is, by the way, in our lessons in leadership, leadership library, go on our website, stand-deliver.com to check it out, is this. If we as individuals do not own our actions and say you as upper management should do this or should do that, it's an excuse for what we must do as leaders, regardless of our place in the organization. That's what Greg Lalavey has taught us on Lessons in Leadership and me as a coach in the field. Hey, Greg, thank you, my friend. Thank you, Steve. It's great being here as always. Greg has become an official co-host of Lessons in Leadership without pay. <laughs> no problem. I you love being it. here. Mary, say goodbye officially. Go ahead. Goodbye officially. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. That's Thanks, called Mary. delegation. See? Delegation. <laughs> see you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, resourcing the world, Choose New Jersey, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Chamber, celebrating 50 years of building connections and driving business growth.